1: For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net.
0: Okay, everybody, welcome back once again. We're joined this time by Professor Abe Begele with the LSU Department of Computer Science and Cybersecurity. And he's a professor here in the LSU College of Engineering and Center for Computation and Technology. Professor Begele, welcome to Tech Gumbo. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great. So glad to have you here and and to be a part of Tech Gumbo. Let's, let's kind of start with the obvious. So what brings
2: you to LSU? Oh, man, I've been here, I think, a couple, couple of weeks now. You know, I, I always tell people the food brought me here because it's really great, but it's more than that. I think you know it's very clear the vision that the university has and uh, President Tate has for cybersecurity um, and the defense being part of the Pentagon that the university wants to push forward. And it's just an exciting place to be, A wonderful place, wonderful campus, great faculty. You know, one of the best cybersecurity faculties here, uh, and I, I enjoy working with him. Uh, Golden Richard, and we just hired another faculty, Aisha Ali Gombe, who's really strong in system security and and uh, the students, I think, are wonderful. And it's one of the only universities I think uh, that is as big and has a lot to offer, like the SEC football games and so on and so forth. And uh, is still very affordable. And I think that to me means a lot as an educator. Well, awesome. It really sounds like, you know, you're you're here,
1: one, for the research opportunities, but two, for LSU as a complete package and what it offers. And so, you know, one of the things which LSU has recently been named is a Center of Academic Excellence in Cyber Operations. So can you talk a little bit more about what that means?
2: You know, what does that look like for LSU? How do you contribute to that? Absolutely. So before my arrival, uh, the team at LSU was working for about a year. Uh, in terms of a process to make that a reality. I know firsthand what it's like to get that designation because I I got it at the last institution I was was a part of. Uh, It's a very, very rigorous process. The National Security Agency goes through your entire curriculum, through your entire labs, through every single facility that you have, through the faculty that you have. And, and so on and so forth to vet it at the highest level possible. So, I, I you know, I think for, for our crowd, I always tell people it's basically the SEC of cybersecurity. So uh, one of only 21 universities uh, or maybe 22 in the nation that have that, uh, you know, only a couple of universities have that designation, like NYU and Carnegie Mellon and Northeastern, just to name a few. And I think even NYU only has it at the graduate level, so they don't offer it at the undergraduate level, which we do here at LSU. So just lots of amazing opportunities from that perspective. So it opens up the doors for more research funding. It opens up the door for our students to get internships at, for example, the National Security Agency uh, with the highest level of clearance and cyber operations and so on and so forth. But what it really means at the curriculum very quickly is Students understand the building blocks of cybersecurity. They understand writing code at the lowest level possible. Uh, they understand reverse engineering code. They understand all the basics and the fundamentals that relate to cybersecurity. And not a lot of places can teach these things.
0: So as a a sports fan here in the Southeastern Conference, we're so glad to have you here and to raise the overall elevation because everyone knows the Southeastern Conference has the best football. Now LSU has the best cybersecurity program, and we're so glad you're going to help really put LSU on the map and... Also be here in South Louisiana to enjoy some of our food. So glad to have you on board with us.
2: Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's it's. I've said this a couple of times. Uh, everybody here has made me feel right at home, and uh, and that's amazing. I'm 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 originally from the Middle East, and we love food, and we love uh, families, and you know we love everything that you guys love here in the South. So I'm very glad to be here. So let's talk a little bit
0: about what goes on in the cybersecurity classroom. You guys you're not just sitting there lecturing. Y'all are doing real research, y'all are doing things that
2: sounds interesting. Interesting to me, yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting and to us too a, and, and the students. I mean, I'll give you a snapshot of some of the projects that are ongoing in the current research class that I'm teaching. We have students that are working on the the security and the forensics of you know those automated robots like the Roomba um i don't know if y'all if y'all have some do you do you any do any of you have some i'm starting to say y'all you know it's been a couple of weeks i'm adjusting so uh, I'm, already one
0: of us <laughs> so, do you have a roomba yes i have got the roomba that runs around the house mapping everything the latest uh yes and so tell me about this internet of things and the roomba what's it doing
2: well, I mean, it could really help us uncover, uh, cover, you know, bad things when they happen. So could the Roomba, for example, give us evidence of a dead body in your house, right? Um, those are the sort of things that we're interested in. Um, and hopefully you're, hopefully you're not killing anybody, uh, just putting that out there.
0: <laughs> yes, well, hopefully my wife doesn't actually kill me, though, even though she's threatened multiple
2: times. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not she's not listening to this is she
0: no my wife doesn't listen to the show
2: no. all right it's just hearsay then so <laughs> purely so.
0: speculation is just you know but that being said you know we're just like any other married couple
2: yeah <laughs> uh, I mean we're looking also at uh, the forensic analysis of the tile devices where you know you have these tile devices that you could use to track your belongings uh, you know things like you know your your wallet or your phone or anything that's that's important to you. Um, that's another thing that we're working on. One of my students is looking at, and this is probably you know something that I'm very interested in is the forensic analysis of the bio biohacking devices. So nowadays, uh, I, 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 I'm i I'm I'm probably like, what are you thinking right now, right? So these are devices that people are implanting in their fingers and uh, legs and feet and I don't know where else in their body. So maybe if you want to open the door you just point your finger at the door and it'll open kind of a thing what are your thoughts on that it sounds cool at first to just point
1: your finger and have the door open but that feels like one of those things that there's
2: a whole lot of different ways that that could go wrong yeah yeah i mean i mean one of the reasons i want to work on that project more than anything is because i want to have the first digital forensics paper that includes steak and and pork meat in it because we're going to inject it into some meat and some fake meat. We actually bought like Fake skin off of Amazon, so it's not real skin, right? So you can buy, so you you buy these that that skin where they teach nurses and stuff how to how to inject uh, into it, and those that's the kind of skin that we bought. But you know that's kind of the reason you know I'm excited about that. And lastly, I've been doing a lot of research on virtual reality and, and the security in the metaverse in terms of the security and forensics of these technologies.
1: Yeah, so the, you know, the metaverse is something that we hear a lot about.
2: You know, what do you think about the metaverse? And then what do you think about cybersecurity in the metaverse? You know, I always tell people the metaverse is not real. It doesn't exist yet. It's an idea. It's an idea, basically vr or extended reality experiences generally speaking or mixed reality experience exist. so you can play a game in virtual reality you can use augmented reality for like the pokemon game if you remember that on the phones and so on and so forth so these things actually exist and the the idea that it's secure is somewhat preposterous because we usually create technology to take it to market as quickly as possible and security is an afterthought right so We've done some work where we showed something called the human joystick attack, where you could move a person from point A to point B without their knowledge or consent. And we do that by moving their virtual center inside the virtual reality room. So, you know, if you're in VR and you have the headset on and it covers your eyes and your ears and everything, you have to move you know, to play a game, for instance. But if we move the virtual center of the room, you as a human being will compensate for it without knowing that you're compensating for it. And therefore, we could just move the the center of the room and move you as an individual. We also have this, there's a paper that's coming out in the Journal of Computers and Security, uh, probably in, a, in maybe a week or so, where we did something called the man in the room attack. And the idea of the man in the room attack is you can be inside a virtual room that's supposed to be private with two other people or three other people or how many other people in it. And you could just sneak in and be with them and they can't see you and you can't see them. So therefore it's like a virtual peeping Tom. And, and that's the kind of thing that is a little scary. So to, to better understand that first one, that's like
1: you're in your virtual reality and you have your virtual room that you're seeing, but then if you someone moves that center, I will just walk and hit the real world
2: wall because I, I that boundary between what the virtual wall is and the real world wall is now messed up. Yeah, absolutely. We could also take down the the virtual wall that looks like the real wall because in virtual reality many times, you have to map out, you know, the room uh, so that, you know, you're in in some sort of a scale, right? And typically there's a fake wall called a chaperone where you don't want to hit that fake wall. Like when you get close to it, it appears in virtual reality, right? And then it goes away. So if you can change that, uh, ba- change those boundaries uh, and move people in a direction where you want them to go, you can actually hurt them for sure. So when you're doing your research,
0: is, is it more about... What is interesting to you and that's what, or, or when, when you're encouraging your students to, to do research, what are the motivations and and what are what are the things that you look for the
2: most? My area of expertise is, I call it, who are you going to call, you know, it's not Ghostbusters, it's like digital forensics examiners, right? They're going to come and solve your crime. Um, that's kind of my area of research, is the extraction of digital evidence from devices in a scientific and law abiding manner. That's kind of the big sort of picture of what I do, Uh, be it a drone, be it a watch, be it a phone, be it a laptop. You know, it's a digital device at the end of the day. So as long as it falls under that umbrella and involves some security where sometimes you might have to essentially hack into a device or hack a device or a system to pull data out of it, then that's of interest to me now where that data might exist or where that device or the kind of device or you know then it gets interesting because then the device could be autonomous or it could be just a watch or it could be you know a knife or it could be a toaster right like uh uh and, and then you know we just play around with those ideas until we come up with some uh something that's either futuristic like the vr work when we did that a couple of years ago you know a lady came up to me at the conference like why are you doing this nobody cares about this and I, you know, I'd love to meet uh, that lady now and be like, do you remember, you know, when you told me nobody cares about this? I guess a lot of people, I guess Meta cares about it enough to put millions and doll- millions of dollars behind it, right? Um, so that's an idea. is like thinking about the future, but also doing applied work that aff- affects the real world that we live in today, right? So people are actually biohacking. People have a Roomba in their home. These are real things that people are, are you know, it's in your home. It's in your life. So that's a... F- you know extreme interest to me is things that affect us so one of the things you talked
1: about was the extraction of data from devices to aid law enforcement how do you think about privacy concerns and that you know were the individuals aware that this data was being collected do they need to be made aware you know are you piecing together different things that maybe each individual piece wouldn't have but the whole puzzle together reveals a picture How does that interact with our
2: ideas of right to privacy? I mean, that's a really great question. I always tell my students to stay away from that question, you know, when they're doing research, right? Not because I want them to collect private data on people, but because, you know, our goal is ultimately to get evidence in a law and uh, in a scientific and law abiding manner. So within the context of our research, when we do things in a controlled environment, we're not really affecting somebody's real data, right? We're we you know we might create a fake account and then use the app or use whatever that we're doing and then look at that fake account per se so it, so it doesn't hurt us there now does what we know could what we know translate negatively into uh, a bad actor you know if should they should they look at it and it's like yeah absolutely i mean that's something that we can't really stop but we can't also not do the work that we do so it's it's a it's a fine line do i believe people should have a right to privacy absolutely i believe people should have a right to privacy but do i also believe that people should be held accountable i absolutely feel that people should be held accountable so it's a very difficult question to answer to be honest with you
0: so what are some of the more interesting things that your students have found what are some of the devices that they've hacked into to to look for these this types of information
2: so we've done uh, the dgi drones um, at some point one time my students went on craigslist and they drove they took their truck and bought some atms off of some guy who was selling atms off of craigslist and just brought them to the lab and started playing with them to see if they can uh, you know get the hard drives out of them and see what kind of transaction data they can pull off of that they yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, we've looked at hard drives uh, from copy machines because it turns out that many of the copy machines, once you copy things, it spools it to the hard drive. So we've done that. We've looked at unusual devices. Right now, the biohacking devices are just an an example of that. So we, we're gaming devices. We've done Xbox devices as well because it turns out that some bad actors use these gaming devices because they don't expect people to look for evidence on them. So that's another thing. What about, what about smartphones? I mean, smartphones are a given, I mean, iPhones, Androids and the list goes on uh, forever, but yes, that's actually where most of my research started is in, is, is in mobile devices. Um, So, but yes, absolutely. Smartphones are just another type of device that we should look at. We've also looked at kids uh, toys a little bit, in, in one experiment, we were looking at, you know, like, can't, you know, how, how are the kids' toys collecting evidence uh, or data about the kids uh, and Alexa and the like as well. I, I do want to circle back to the the Sorry,
0: the designation that
2: understanding
0: right now. I do want to go back to did, the did Alexa
2: just go on when I said Alexa. Yes. OK, so that should stay in this recording. I'm just like, this is, hey, Alexa. <laughs> all of
1: our listeners will also be very pleased with us
2: right so that's an example so I did that on purpose so now now you know how how unprivate uh let, let's try this hey Alexa can you call Haggai Davis the third understand right now Alexa all right. call Haggai Davis the third'll take all it. right well that was fun
0: I want to circle back to the the you coming here and lSU also getting the the new. Center of Academic El- Excellence in Cyber Operations from the N- National Security Agency.
2: What would you like to know?
0: Uh, I mean, what does that mean for LSU? Is it is it is it research money? Is it is it means hey we're going to get better students here because we have those kinds of designations? How does
2: that how does that play? Honestly, uh, it's all of the above. I mean, again, you, you, this is like the pinnacle. It's the the most prestigious designation you can get from the agencies um saying that your program is top-notch so um i mean not 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 to put uh, you know a, an advertising plug out there but you know if you're a student that you know wants to study cybersecurity, doesn't want to pay a crazy tuition wants an amazing campus with fantastic facilities and wants to go to one of the top cyber programs in the world lsu is one of them now and to say there's only 22 universities out of thousands of them is just it just goes to show the quality and the rigor of the program here so again you know if you're if you're from louisiana that's exactly where you need to go the only CAECO program in the state and uh, there aren't uh, many others like it so it's simple to be honest just this is amazing and in terms of research in terms of students In terms of outreach in terms of everything that you can have when i started my field these things didn't exist right so students are kind of lucky that that universities are catching on to this idea of a caeco and i'm very happy to be here we're so glad you're part of
1: the south louisiana community part of the lsu community it sounds like you're gonna be a fantastic ambassador
2: it sounds like you really get it and you want to be a part I do. I do want to eat gumbo, though, and you guys still owe me a gumbo from Tech Gumbo. And and, and I will say that my colleagues that started the CAECO program, I don't know who, who who everybody is that started, but I know Golden Richard was involved. I know Greg Trahan was involved. I know President Tate really pushed this agenda they need some gumbo from you guys as well, because uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at gumbo as like a, the award, right?
0: Um, I'm seeing some tech gumbo mugs coming to your department here real soon. <laughs> and we might even have some some gumbo, you know, there as well.
2: Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm waiting for that from for that mug.
0: <laughs> so Dr. Dealy, we really want to appreciate you spending some time here on tech gumbo
2: and look forward to having you coming back for future episodes. I would love to. The next episode is going to be security, Gumbo. All right. Thank you, That's guys, it. and I'm I'm very happy to be here. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics
0: is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the Southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at
1: geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 173 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.